0: Hello and welcome to the Mac Gamecast. I am John Carr, as always, and today Casper has joined me. How are you, sir?
1: Woo! Uh, excited about all the new uh, game-related uh, things happening on the Mac side lately. Like it's, uh, yeah, a lot of things happening from a lot of different angles.
0: It is very exciting. Quick side note, I don't have my usual microphone today, so I apologize for my uh, reduced audio quality. That'll be fixed next week. Um, but for this show, it will have to do. Yeah, we have a lot of cool things, like Casper was saying. There's a, you know, things have been pretty sleepy for a while. We've just been throwing out fun episodes, chatting about old games, some cases really old games, like from 30 <laughs> years ago or whatever. Um but there's a lot of new games coming that have been confirmed. Some have just released. WWDC is in what three days or something like that. Starts so a lot of fun yeah. stuff to talk about. Yeah, starts Monday. Um, I was just looking at the time. It is 10 a.m. Pacific time, mm-hmm. which in So East Coast is what 12:01, which is like your what 7 p.m. or something like that. 7
1: p.m. Ex- exactly.
0: Yeah, that will be exciting. We're here to talk about a pre, basically a pre-show. You know, some of the things that have either been confirmed, some things that are maybe um, a little speculation, or like maybe we know it's coming, but not exactly all the details about it. So some of our like hopes, expectations, uh, some of the new game stuff, maybe some VR stuff, a lot of cool things going on. So
1: um, among all of those, what are you most excited for, Casper? Oh, jumping in with uh, such a big question so early. <laughs> um, so like, I. I in some sense, the biggest uh, point on the schedule, so to speak, is all the the stuff going around the VR space, right? Uh, personally, that's not the most exciting to me, though, even though it is probably the, the thing that will have the biggest long-term impact, uh, at least assuming everything goes well on that front. But personally, I'm more excited about just seeing the direction of the Mac in general. I mean, obviously, we've already seen a lot of where Apple Silicon is taking everything over the past couple of years. Um, But especially on the higher end desktop space, like the Mac Pro has not been present. And uh, well, we've gotten one iteration of the Mac Studio, but seeing how that product line is going to evolve further uh, along the lines and seeing, you know, there's been, uh, German a while back said that um, they were just doing one release of the Mac Studio, the M1 Max and Ultra version we got, and then they would drop it. But now Gurman is like, uh, well, a new one coming at WWDC, and I'm like uh, it's it's uh it's exciting to see the roadmap for the Mac. And I am personally, I'm very interested in the Mac Studio lineup, given that it's probably the one that, in terms of price and performance category, is my future Mac. Whenever I uh, need to upgrade my iMac, um, right? Hopefully, not anytime uh, particularly soon, but in uh, in sometime uh, down the road. So the Mac Studio is, one of the, is the personal um, one I've got the, the, my eyes on, but the Mac Pro is ultimately uh, the one that's the most exciting in terms of what it has to say about the future of the Mac uh, and the platform as a whole. I'm not sure I really believe we'll see the Mac Pro at WWDC. That might be a thing closest to the end of the year, um, November, October kind of event, uh, but I am hopeful that we might see it at up. Uh, in particularly because um, people have talked about how this might be like the longest WWDC in God knows how long. Uh, so there's got to be a lot mm. to announce. Um, right. But yeah, the, the the VR thing is less interesting to me, partially because um, I'm not really in a position where I feel like I want or uh, have the environment for your headset at the moment. Uh, I don't know how much space you actually need to like properly make use of one, but I don't feel like I have the space currently. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I also don't, and haven't, there's not been any VR things so far that have really been that attractive to me, but maybe that's just because I have not properly experienced it myself yet, but yeah, that's where I'm on that. How about you? Nice. Um, <clears throat> Uh, two things for me, I will
0: say. Um, one is the expected 15-inch MacBook Air announcement. Oh, I'm yeah, really that's keen exciting, on that. too. Uh, I currently have a 16-inch MacBook Pro, which is what I'm on right now. And I still have my iMac, my 2020 Intel iMac. But um, I wouldn't mind trading in my MacBook Pro for a 15-inch MacBook Air. I don't really need mm-hmm. the power of the MacBook Pro, and the screen size is just tiny different. Um, so that would be nice, uh, lighter form factor. and I don't know what um, baseline hardware th- they'll throw in the new MacBook Air, but you know all the Silicon stuff's great. So really looking forward to that. And I know a lot of people are, um, a number of my friends and this matter who been looking to either upgrade or acquire a new one. They're like, oh, the same thing. They, basically, they all want a bigger screen, but they don't want to pay the premium price of the MacBook Pro, which is like, what, two grand, two and a half grand or whatever. Like, it's a lot. So yeah, definitely. there's maybe like, presu- I'm assuming maybe like a $1,500 price point or maybe they have a lower one, 13, 14, I don't know, but that's pretty attractive for that kind of computer, that kind of power per, assumed performance it will have. So look very much looking forward to that. Um, the other yeah, thing is what I've
1: been hearing yeah. around is that the, uh, it'll be like a starting point around 1200. Uh, and then with uh, you know a bit more storage or a bit more RAM, you're looking at 1400. So yeah, definitely right. an attractive machine at that price point.
0: Yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a big hit. And um, I am very excited about VR. I agree with you. The potential of it is like the biggest factor or the, like sort of the the big behemoth of the event potentially but you know um vr is in such early stages i've heard that apple's is possibly the most advanced one around at least publicly from some comments from people like john carmack and some others in the industry like very impressive really cool stuff they got to demo it um apparently there will be demos of it around uh wwdc it's funny we're talking about sp- how much space you need uh apparently i read apple will have some um some demos set up in their park. So it's going to be outside, I guess. But so I've heard it's a combo like VR, AR, augmented reality headset. So maybe the AR stuff is for outside, (laughs) I'm assuming. I don't really know. Um, You know, I don't know if I have space for a VR headset either. What I'm curious is, um, like, will they sell? Is it, you know, Apple traditionally has like um, multiple iterations of hardware in a given line you know, mm-hmm. they have a cheaper MacBook Air, smaller one, or MacBook Pro, or different kinds of iPhones and iPads and so on. So will, like, will they come out with just an AR headset or AR glasses or something? That was rumored a while ago, but now not known. The last I've heard, it's a combo one. And I've also heard it's very expensive, like two to $3,000 or something. So I'm curious. What I'm mostly curious about is, because that's not a very accessible price point for what, you know, isn't like a fully loaded computer that can do all kinds of things. I mean, VR headset, VR AR headset is a kind of computer, it's a wearable, I guess they're calling it like a wearable market, like, uh, you know, the smartwatches and uh, earbuds and everything is like the wearables market. But so I'm curious, can Apple really make like a real next-gen device that actually pushes it forward beyond the MetaQuests and the Valve Indexes and so on, which are, you know, they all have their merits and have all been quite popular. But I'm curious what it can do, not only for VR, but how much can it do also yeah, for like the Apple brand, I guess, and specifically mm-hmm. entertainment. Um, I'm attracted to the idea of augmented reality ARs, have been due to gaming and having UIs and interfaces. And I'm used to looking at a screen and seeing overlays and maps and information and messages and whatever. And I've always thought, oh, wouldn't that be cool to have in real life? Mm. So maybe Apple will actually bring something like that to fruition. I don't know. Um So I'm basically... You know, really curious to see what they'll bring, and also what price point if any uh will they have more than one device? you know will it just be only for early adopters will plunk down three thousand for sort of a first gen almost beta tech like what's it gonna be um I've heard it's in development, don't expect it till the end of the year. I think at the earliest in terms of shipping, mm-hmm. I've heard something like that um yes, yeah, so I'm just really curious to see what they do with it and
1: yeah, I mean, I, I personally think it is very much going to be like a hyper expensive early adopter developer, almost oriented device, like not necessarily focusing on developers as the people who are going to buy loads of them, like, but right. still having a consumer market, but being focused on getting developers on board, making applications for it, um, having the early adopters pay the big price point for funding that early kickstarting process of the whole thing. um selling it pretty much at cost i've heard a lot of rumors around that that they're not really going to have a big profit margin on they're going to try and sell mm. it pretty much at cost um, right. but still being extremely expensive because it is a super high-end device at first and then building this ecosystem around it with uh having you know t- developer attention making applications making their own stuff uh super solid on it and getting mind share around it uh, getting everybody to know Apple has a VR headset, it's super expensive, but the platform exists. And then further down the line, uh, introducing a profit margin and introducing uh, lower price tier versions of the product with this ecosystem of applications and support and the platform around it already established. That's my expectation, but yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm also curious how much, if any, integration will exist with Obviously, Apple has their own ecosystem. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the headset requires, um, you know, an Apple ID or something like that. That's pretty common. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the MetaQuest requires a Facebook account, which a lot of people resent because a lot of people don't like Facebook. I guess you could argue there's a lot of people who don't like Apple, but no one really complains about using like an Apple ID that I know of. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, yeah, like... Obviously, it's you know VR is it's ultimately its own platform even on Steam and so on right now. There's like vr rolling games, for example. But you know, how much are they going to push things like oh, you know, watching Apple TV on it or I don't know. Again, the augmented reality angle of like maps and messages and what have you. You know, like are you supposed to wear these things while you drive or just walking around? Like, what's you know, what is the environment you're? Gonna, I don't mean driving while using VR. I mean like the AR angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: i've heard cuz it's supposed I mean, to be pretty slim
0: the, almost like ski goggles or something maybe yeah i, um, I think
1: the, the that physical dimension here is going to be the biggest problem to the ar potential at first uh, cuz my understanding of the rumors around is that these are not going to be like the google glass prototypes that we saw you know however many however many years ago uh that were basically glasses but too clunky to act as normal glasses without people going okay you're a bit of an odd one uh, so that project <laughs> failed back then right but the the technology obviously evolves and that sort of concept could eventually be something p- useful in, in the real world but my understanding of this product is that it's more going to be these like semi-traditional vr goggles that you put on and immerse yourself in uh, with right. you know the whole ar aspect of it of course being there but i highly doubt that people are going to walk around their day-to-day lives with something that is this big of a thing you put on your head and not these thin <laughs> glasses uh, right? Sort of yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah, 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 you're right.
0: It,
1: it it basically needs to become as transparent as putting an Apple Watch on your wrist if it's going to be something people use in their day-to-day lives. Right, like mass adoption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and rather than a dedicated experience you go into, you know.
0: So. I see, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I imagine they'll get there. I mean, I'm sure more than just Apple is trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, maybe they'll be the first to do it in, you know, whatever, the more accessible way. I mean, they've, you know, obviously they've been very influential and in a lot of milestones in technology, you know, whether it's things like iMacs or iPods and mm-hmm. various things with music and, uh, you know, they've taken over kind of, I think, the smartwatch market and the wireless Bluetooth market. In terms of like sales and what have you, obviously there's plenty of other competing products people enjoy, but um, mm-hmm. so yeah, can they do it with VR? I mean, they have a shot because I don't, you know, the market's still early um, and I think people are hungry for more. But again, I definitely agree that there needs to be a certain accessibility point in like sleekness of hardware. or Like you said, as easy as slapping on an Apple Watch.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that would
0: be cool. That's why I do eventually. Expect that to be a completely separate product, not merge with VR, maybe just yeah, some sort of AI device. I agree yeah. with that. But this is definitely like a launch point. Speaking of um, getting developers on board, not just for VR, um, but for Mac gaming, sort of segueing mm-hmm. to that. We do have a lot of cool stuff. Some some have already come out. So No Man's Sky is finally released for Mac a couple days ago. Yep. Um, Ted did a pretty extensive overview of this in MGC episode 30. If anyone wants to either, either miss that or go back and listen, he did more or less a big, Kind of review overview of the game he's played it a lot uh it's still a 60 dollars game it did come out in 2016 but it's still getting updates still looks pretty good i think most of the updates are free maybe there's some paid expansion content i'm a little unclear about that but the game does go on sale and it's available on steam which is great not an app store exclusive which we weren't sure about
1: yep um so the, I think, uh, an app store yeah. version is coming later but for now it's actually only out on steam uh, right. Which is also interesting, given our expectations early on when Resident Evil Village came out just on the App Store, and we were like, "Ah, it's only going to be App Store," and, and now it's, it's even right. Steam first, right? So that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and what I'm what I'm most interested to see here related to No Man's Sky in the App Store. So um, Resident Evil, as far as I recall, is a single player only game. I don't think that that one had a multiplayer
1: element though some of the modern I'm, ones do I, i'm not sure i don't think so but i'm actually not sure it's at least single player first like that's the right. primary. single
0: player first yeah some of them have this like weird deathmatch mercenary pvp mode thing i don't remember which ones so normally the app store can't um because no man's sky is a multiplayer game i mean can't play it single player but co-op mm-hmm. multi-class multiplayer is a big party intended experience from what i understand so will the app store version talk to the steam version? Because as far as I know, there's only one game that's done that, which is Black Ops Mac way back in 2013, literally 10 years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. And I've also interesting to note is that for No Man's Sky, the multiplayer aspect, if you get the Steam version, at least, judges, uh, judgments up on the Mac Store version, uh, App Store version, of course. But if you get the Steam version, um, you can use multiplayer across uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Steam and Mac. So it's not even just that you can talk to uh, Windows users, you can play with someone on PlayStation.
0: Oh wow. Okay, I didn't I didn't know it was that uh cross um mm-hmm. cross platform. I mean I, I say I yeah. say
1: Xbox. I'm actually not sure the game has an Xbox release, but uh, it, it's cross play across all the platforms it's on. Except uh, Switch, which I know it's on, but that's a separate uh thing. Switch can only play with Switch.
0: Yeah, it is on Xbox. Um yeah yeah i mean that i mean that. this minor side tangent i won't go on it for long but that you know that should be the standard you should be able to grab a game ideally most games some games are really sort of console-ish only or pc-ish only depending on the controls but Mm -hmm. the vast majority of games could be run on both so yeah Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of weird cross compatibility with like just pc and xbox cross play Mm -hmm. and like excluding playstation like that is a gold standard i'd love to see more just Play anywhere, play with everyone, or most anywhere. I understand if the Switch is a separate version, that is fair. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a No Man's Sky Xbox version, I looked it up. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm extremely curious what they're going to do with the App Store version, because traditionally, App Store multiplayer is only with other App Store users. And looking at SteamDB info right now, there is 7,566 people in-game in No Man's Sky. Pretty decent Mm -hmm. number of people. So you go buy it right now on Steam. You have around seven and a half thousand potential people. I don't know how many of them are tuned into multiplayer, to play the game with quite a few people. Or once again, like, oh hey, I'm going to grab a few buddies. Let's buy No Man's Sky. And someone like buys it on Steam, and someone buys it on the App Store, and you're going to be like, oh no, I can't play with you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really dying to know what they do there. Like, will they actually? Will there be some sort of shift in the App Store crossplay with other platforms, or will it just be some sort of? tweaked one-off for No Man's Sky, kind of like Black Ops, way back 10 years ago.
1: Hopefully, the App Store is going to be more permissive on on that front in general, but I don't know. I would love to see that,
0: because it needs it. Um, But that's, you know, that's a bit of a side tangent. Um, Of course, there's a bunch of other, there's some more game stuff to chat about, but just real quick, so I don't forget, you know, it's expected there'll be iOS 17, um, iPadOS 17, macOS 14, I don't know if it has a codename yet. Um, WatchOS 10, of, but I'm, I'm hoping yeah.
1: for uh, Redwood.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be great! I like
1: that. I've been hoping for Redwood ever since, like Mavericks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be a great name. I like that. Uh, TVOS 17. I don't use WatchOS or TVOS myself, but plenty of people do. The ARVR headset, which we've talked about. I don't know if again, like, will that have a particular product name, or will it just be the Apple VR or something? Like, I don't know what they might call I it. I
1: mean, the the operating system is. Uh, Let's say indicated to be uh, named XROS.
0: Ooh, Um, okay, that's pretty good. Okay, solid. And then the aforementioned 15 inch MacBook Air. And yeah, uh, will we see any sort of Mac Pro Ts or, uh, you know, studio, Mac Studio updates? Or I guess the um, Mac minis got refreshed fairly recently with the M2 chips and everything. mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, like, will the MacBook Air be a baseline M2 chip? Will they still, the new one, the 15 inch one, will they throw in a Higher end M1, you know, remains to be seen. I'm hoping it's M2 baseline. Um in terms of stepping their um chip chips forward.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm pretty convinced it's gonna be an M2. Uh what I'm uncertain about is if it's gonna be possible to upgrade the 15 inch air to an M2 Pro. Because if you look at the uh laptop lineup, um it it feels like you know I don't know. I feel like it could be possible to draw uh, enough power for a low-end uh, pro like um the bent down one um in a 15-inch chassis if you can do it, and like you run a, an M2 base in in the 13-inch chassis. But I don't know. Maybe not. But
0: yeah, yeah, that is that is interesting. I mean, yeah, um, I still miss a tiny bit the. Uh, Apple laptops of old where you could actually like upgrade your own RAM and even change the battery and whatever. But, you know, the RAM has gotten so good. You've not been able to do that since
1: like 2013 or something.
0: Yeah. um, um, Sometimes I live like a decade ago um, in my head Um, (laughs) because I was kind of like in some ways, like some of my peak, like gaming and the hardware sort of moments, journalism, whatever, I was really into it back then. So Mm -hmm. I, I often reference that. Um, but we do have a bunch of other games announced, not around WWDC particularly, but just in general. Um, we have Elex Two, which is what even is it? It is a open world single player action RPG game.
1: I, I have like yeah. bought and not played yet. Um, oh, okay, is it some I, sort I lo- of? I love the game, studio like, behind it, uh, and in fact, um, on my oh, best name yeah on my best games of all time list that we went through a few episodes ago uh i, I i'm pretty sure I've already mentioned gothic 2 otherwise teaser that's going to be on the list um and did, it's yeah. made yeah. it's made by the same people who made gothic 2 uh well oh. all of the gothic games uh yeah, right. except for the fake one uh, arcania gothic 4 that one <laughs> <right. laughs> the fake one yeah oh um, this guys
0: a german i didn't know okay yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's a german studio Mm, it's a it's a really
1: it? interesting RPG series. Uh, Elix carries a lot of the let's say gameplay spirit of the gothic games, but in a right. different setting. so it's this mix between sci-fi and magic. Uh, so you still have magic in the game, but it is very futuristic post-apocalyptic. Uh, right. I played like the, the initial opening uh, like tutorial introduction bit, but not nothing more than that. Um, I tried it on um, through wine and it's sort of worth it ran like performance was good. But there was some really annoying visual glitches, so I put it aside and went, I'll give it a year and then I'll try again,
0: basically. Right. Um, what else do we have? We have Layers of Fear 1 remake, which I, the original Layers of Fear was on the Mac. I don't know. I don't think there's a, what do you call it, Silicon version. Mm. So it might be like an Intel-only game. Um, by blooper Team, who have become sort of a big name in horror now. I think Layers of Fear was their, I think their like original first title like several years ago. Um, But apparently they're remaking it. Um, Maybe just an updated engine or something. Um, And then they are making also a Layers of Fear 2. The Medium is also by them. That's also coming. Um, Which is apparently an adventure horror game. I'm reading the Steam tag. It says Adventure Horror Dark Female Protagonist. Okay. Um, Oh, this is the game. I think maybe you talked about this before. It's, It's like sort of a split screen
1: or split reality sort of game. It's. It sounds like one I mentioned at one point, but I can't remember. I think sure. it was
0: last year. I think it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I, yeah. I I, feel like I remember mentioning this, but I never really looked into it properly. I was just like, hey, this this is getting a Mac release. Is that right?
0: Right. Um, yeah. What else do we have? Showrunner. Oh, okay, this is a early access game, strategy, simulation, management, single player. Create and run your own TV show. Uh, doesn't sound too exciting to me, but honestly, these sim games are pretty popular and why not? If it's well done, then, you know, more I used areas. to
1: play, uh, play one called The Movies back in the day, which were where you ran a movie oh, Wasn't that made by the people who did The Sims and everything, I think? Uh, probably. The it movie? was a similar kind of art style yeah. and everything. So yeah, probably
0: I'm pretty sure it was done by them. Um, mm-hmm. Dragon Air Silent Gods is also coming, which is, once again... Oh, it's an MMO. Okay. Open world, high fantasy strategy RPG, but it's tagged as MMO. Mm. Oh, it looks good. looks Diablo or uh, what do you call it? Oh my God. Path of Exile ish, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's apparently coming. Again, release dates aren't here, but these are all just coming soon, coming this year at some point, supposedly. Uh, we have Fort Solace, which I feel like I've looked into before, but what is this? It's a single player. Oh, I think there was like some tech demo of this or something. It's a single player third person thriller set in One Long Night on Mars. Mm-hmm. Planned for release this fall, and the graphics look awesome. Interesting. Looks cool. Uh, Space sci-fi, story, rich psychological horror. Honestly, those tags appeal to me and the graphics look awesome. I'm not
1: personally that into horror, but I do love
0: (laughs) sci-fi. Well, I don't like horror. So when I see the tag psychological horror, like, I don't think like true, like, I don't know, like Silent Hill, like twisted, dark, nasty kind of horror, so to speak, but more like what I prefer is maybe um, like messing with like what's real or not. Or maybe like leaving something uncertain, or maybe your character's got like I don't want to say mental illness, but like there's like some sort, of, maybe there's something wrong with them. Some sort of mystery you have to uncover over the course of the game. Sure, um, a, a little sure. bit like um, oh my god, what's the game? Um, the war game where you're playing in Dubai as the soldiers. Oh, spec like ops ten years ago. Spec ops, the line where again there's kind of like this twisted sort of reality disconnect over the course of the game. Yeah. Maybe that's not psychological horror, but that's kind of mm. like that kind of experience I think is cool.
1: Oh, um, definitely. I,
0: I like that. Kind of like play play with what you expect or don't expect, or maybe what's real or what's not. A little bit like that. I'm hoping yeah. it yeah, I'm not into like true deep dark horror. That's not my thing, but um I don't know what the game category falls into, Fort Solace, but that's coming. No Man's Sky, of course, is already out, the abstract version pending. Um and the other I think the biggest those are all cool. Um, I think the big one, no man's sky already out Mm. barring the app store release. Maybe we'll see some sort of app store news at WWDC. Um, but stray, I think you mentioned already. And if you didn't, it's the, um, the, the cat game that blew up the internet. Um, you know, so not your, it's not some viral cat video, which is common. Um, just whole game where you play as a cat and like a cyber punky sort of feature and all the NPCs are robots. Um, Mm -hmm and you run around controlling a cat, I think you get a little robot of your own or something on you. I kind of uh, Yeah,
1: you, you get a little robot buddy uh, who acts like uh, he sh- manages your inventory. He can act as, as a flashlight uh, right. where he like, jump up from your backpack and illuminate the area around you and stuff like that. Um, and acts as a hint system as well. If you get stuck, you can ask your robot, like, where should I be going? And he'll give you some little clues about the the next steps and stuff right b12 is the name of the robot it's, it's a really cute game i played it uh on uh, windows or uh, boot camp uh when it came out and i enjoyed it uh, quite a bit it's a fun game it already uh was possible to run it uh, through crossover um right but you you had to disable some unreal engine feature that made the tone mapping of the game uh, mm. very flat um you know none of the colors pop the contrast was significantly lowered and stuff um and obviously it's probably going to perform better with the native release coming out, so um, that's exciting.
0: I assume this is an Unreal Engine Four game, I imagine.
1: I'm pretty sure it's UE Four, yeah. Yeah,
0: I would expect it. Um, yeah, I I really like games like this. My gaming tastes have definitely changed in the last few years, um, or even definitely compared to like ten years ago. Um, I really appreciate these sort of you know indie ish or maybe double A ish games. Maybe they're like they range between like twenty to forty dollars. Mm-hmm. You can probably play them for ten to twenty hours. They're like a really focused quality experience. You can play it, you can feel really satisfied, you can talk about it. Um, you know, they don't contain lots of grind, they don't contain like infinite gameplay. Um mm-hmm. you know, straight's a thirty dollar game, just flat, and what to speak of on a sale. It's not on sale now, but you know, maybe later when it sometimes when the Mac release comes out, they put out a sale. Um you know, this game blew up. I mean, it's overwhelmingly positive with over 100,000 reviews on Steam. That's only a fraction of the people who bought it that actually end up reviewing the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just a really cool—I mean, most people like cats, even though there's lots of dog people. But conceptually, it's just a cool game. Like, mm-hmm. someone hasn't really made something like that. There's a fair amount of sort of creature-animal games out there. I don't know if fair amounts maybe too strong. But there's it's not like the first animal game ever where you control an animal or something. Have been enough of them done but i think this one more novel in the way it does it especially more of a sci-fi setting cyberpunky it, setting it, and
1: it's a cool world it's a sci-fi setting there's a lot to uncover about the world um but it's also done in a way that i haven't seen a lot of the other animal games do where it's very true to like the nature of a cat in a weird way like obviously you're in control of the cat so you can do things you you know cats wouldn't do but um <laughs> the, the, a lot of like animations and prompts and stuff are very natural cat like in the way they're done uh it's not like something like um what are they those games like the goat game what was it called was it just called goat simulator where it's just like over yeah, the top yeah, yeah. nonsense right right um, yeah they 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 have a lot of nonsense but it's it's not around the cat it's like the world itself that can be nonsense at times um right but it's still with a lot of grounded not realism but um well i I guess realism in the sense that it's real from the perspective of the world that they establish, but it's not realistic right right? Uh, sure and uh it it's sort of serious and dark at times but in in a cute way um yeah and you have like little things where you can uh, as the cat knock things down from tables and stuff like that and it, you just do it in the most perfect cat-like way with the animations. That's just like the little pop, do do. that. that. Right.
0: Yeah. Can't you yeah. also like contextually like scratch couches and all this other sort of cat stuff? Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's
1: even like um, it's even like the way you quote unquote knock on doors is just by by scratching at the door until oh, someone comes and okay. opens and you like run in. It's pretty cute. That's pretty cute. That is cute. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, there's probably something to be said for. Um, timing of releases this was released i think about a year ago june 2022 mm-hmm. pandemic things are still going on certain sort of games and experiences like death stranding director's cut just kind of hit people at the right time i'm not saying it wouldn't have been popular otherwise i just think occasionally certain factors contribute to additional success of the game mm-hmm. um i still think this would have been a even if they released it like today i still think it would be a big hit yeah. um but maybe there's certain like Desires to experience certain things or connect certain ways probably heightened success of the game. That could probably be a whole podcast in of itself, but um yeah, as someone who I'm a big cat fan, have a cat here in the house, she distracts me sometimes. Mm-hmm. She's normally actually sleeping over here in the window. She's not right now though. Um Yeah, I'm really looking forward. I bought this for my nephew last year for his birthday.
1: Mm-hmm. Um he
0: played through it and enjoyed it. Um Anyway, uh, I'm definitely going to grab it and play through it. Maybe we can do an official review once once that's done, since you've already played it. Um, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. cool. A- That'll be cool. Uh, so, what, uh, as far as other games go, one or two things. Uh, Grid Legends is still MIA from Feral. Mm-hmm. Like Feral Interactive, remember them? <laughs> yes, the uh, previous and perhaps still kings of Mac porting, I don't know. It's hard to quantify that these days. Mm. Uh, previously, app yeah, of course they were. Uh, arguably, Aspire wore that crown, but then they fell off. And it was certainly Feral. Um, but Feral's been so quiet, like, a release a year, if that even. And, um, you know, with stuff like um, No Man's Sky coming, or ha- just come out, um, even though it's a seven, seven-year-old game, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Resident Evil, that one was fairly recent. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Resident Evil, I've heard rumor that Hideo Kojima if that's how you say his name, um, is also rumored to show up at the event.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not necessarily that he's rumored to show up, more that he's uh, he's been spotted around Apple Park lately. Uh, so uh, several times in the past uh, few weeks or something, he, right. he's been seen by random people around Apple Park. Uh, and obviously WWDC is soon, so put two and two together, he could show up at the event right, as a result I mean, of that right uh, he he could have been there like filming uh parts of the pre-recorded bits uh, you know since uh, right, hit, right. pre- uh a lot of apple events have been more pre-recorded right um, true so you know it's possible that kojima was there filming for that uh, and it's possible that apple is leaning into gaming with that and i think um and particularly with everything surrounding the whole uh, probably going to announce a vr ar headset thing um If you look at other things in the VR AR space, a lot of the, if you will, killer applications for that sort of platform, well, it tends to be gaming experiences, right? Like, uh, name 10 things you do with a VR AR headset that aren't gaming related. Like, most of the things people think of are gaming stuff. You know, you might think of like watching a VR movie or something, but (laughs) there's a lot of gaming experiences on that sort of platform. So it would make sense if Apple wants to get into that space um, to have something gaming related, even if, you know, Apple still wants the platform uh, to be more than games or even focused on something that isn't games. um, Just given the nature of that platform, it it does make sense to have a strong gaming library for it. Uh, So Kojima being involved with that could make sense. Kojima has also previously set Uh, that he was interested in exploring new ways for games uh, to exist or whatever you might say. Right. Uh, And the VR space is uh, a good place to experiment with that sort of thing.
0: It is. It is. I like how you said that because he, um, he already is generally not always, but generally he's very experimental in his game design. He makes oddball games. So like half movie, half epic drama thing, but then it's also, you know, metal gear solids or, death strandings and you know they have a uh, they have some haters but i think mostly a big audience um i was just messing around with death stranding the other day because it was free on epic games um and i downloaded it and i gotta say it looks amazing on my pc and my monitor uh i don't have the director's cut upgrade which apparently it said it added ultra wide support but the game already supports ultra wide so i don't know what that is i'm like oh i might buy the upgrade because it was five dollars on sale Um and something about it it might have backported that back to the standard version after Maybe. It did the directors cut apparently adds a couple more things, like a couple new items and missions or something, but I'm like, ah, whatever. Um and yeah, the game is super bizarre, super weird, really unusual. Like the kind of like big budget, big actor, you know, sort of thing. There's a bunch of, you know, basically Hollywood TV movie actors in there, like Mads Mickelson and oh my god, I can't say her name, it's a French lady. Saya Ledoux or something. Sorry for my butchering. No clue. No. Clue. Um, I've seen her before though, because all their faces are photorealistic. And um, the guy from The Walking Dead, Norman Norman Reedus, I think. Uh, he's been in a bunch of other things, but um, you know. And you're just this story's very mysterious. You're just a courier on what seems to be some kind of Earth that's overtaken by a weird alien plague thing, monsters. It's a lot of it's unclear in the beginning. I played for like an hour, but apparently most of the game is like running around carrying cargo. And you have to like balance your cargo and your weight and traverse terrain. Mm. It's like this is a triple A game loop <laughs> with huge budget and actors and cutscenes. And it's like, how, why? Like, how did this pitch get um, greenlit? Well, probably because it was Hideo Kojima. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but apparently it's a really popular game, and uh, they're making a Death Stranding two now. So that's like hmm, very interesting. Um, I would love it if they brought that to Mac. Probably not, but that would be cool. Mm. But um, given is quite experimental. Um, I mean, I've, I've commented on this before, um, and even just in Discord, like, the, for the gaming thing to keep going, the momentum's increasing. Again, you know, we weren't arguing, but, like, the optimism is increasing. Uh, I was just saying, for me, the consistency needs to keep being there. I definitely mm-hmm. believe. Like, I've never seen this sort of momentum, even in the sort of Apple gaming-ish heyday, way back, a lot of that was still just pure ports, other mm-hmm. than a couple of things like Bungie way way back in the day with like Myth and Marathon and what have you. Um you know Apple used to have gaming stuff on their website and whatever, but that was a different era. And have you mentioned
1: the bun but the bungee thing on the podcast yet?
0: No. No. So Marathon I, think I forgot it's getting about a it. sequel.
1: It's um, It's been confirmed that the Bungie is uh, making a sequel to Marathon. Like, there is absolutely no word on a Mac release, and in fact, I don't think it's getting a Mac release, which is kind of a shame, given the heritage of Marathon. Uh, but yeah, Marathon is getting a sequel. Bungie's making it. It's in partnership with Sony, uh, and a PC and PlayStation release is confirmed. Uh, pro- again, probably not getting a Mac release, at least at first, but we'll see. Uh, mm. But if nothing else, it's it might bring some attention to the history of Mac gaming from people out there who look up, you know, the what is this Marathon thing that's popping up again that apparently already existed in the past? And people might figure out that the Mac actually used to have uh, unique games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, when you brought
0: that up, I was actually like physically uncomfortable because I love Marathon is like a huge part of my early gaming history and uh, a, a sort of a remake or marathon sequel has been teased for like 10 years or more, maybe 15. Not teased, but like there was like an image or two supposedly leaked somewhere that was like in the style of marathon, but like better graphics. And
2: mm-hmm. there's
0: rumors it was going to be made in the early Unreal Engines, like one or two, you know, because of course that was, you know, pretty high end back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think maybe on UE3 or four again, and you know. Everyone assumed, because Marathon Series is very popular, mostly Marathon 2 Durandal, um, that like, why wouldn't Bungie remake it in a more modern engine and you know more budget and what have you? Um, but, you know, there was no, nothing confirmed, so it was announced, and I was like, oh my god, I'm over the moon! And then I look at the details, and it goes, Marathon! The PvP extraction shooter! And I'm like, wait, Nani? WTF? Marathon extraction shooter? I'm like, <laughs> no!
1: Yeah, What's it's not marathon my, like it used to be.
0: My my favorite like game franchises of all time, single player, like story heavy FPS, is now a multiplayer only. Like I'm like ah, I mean, okay, the game could be very good for what it is. What I think is a tragic misuse of the IP is, I mean, it, it doesn't resemble anything marathon other than it's set apparently in the world of marathon though i think it's kind of nonsensical even the little like lore blurbs they put out
2: mm-hmm.
0: um like oh you're a runner going like first that name is stupid um it, it just i don't know makes me think of something weird anime th- it makes you just think of mirror's edge because you're a runner on the rooftops but um you know I, I guess my okay the lore blurb is something like it's in toss seti cd or whatever you say that for or something And there's some mysterious sphere or world or city, or I can't remember exactly what it is. And it's full of like ancient technology and artifacts. And so you are runners in there, you know, going to get the loot and the good stuff and then you get out. Mm -hmm. So that's like the game. That's why you're competing. Extraction Shooters can be great. I played a fair amount of hunt showdown, not a Mac game. Um, You know, other games like the division one or two have included like extraction shootery dark zones in their game, like game loops. Um, what else is a popular extraction shooter? I can't remember. Hunt Showdown, I think, is the most notable one. I think they can be really cool. Um, I just don't see the value of using the Marathon name to make this game. Like, does does Bungie really need to use the Marathon name to make an extraction shooter? Like, I, I don't know who the game's for. It's not for fans of the old game, because it, there's no similarity to the old game. It's not single player. It's not story heavy. Um, it's all PvP. It's like random extraction shooter stuff. And they say, oh, you'll uncover all the deep story and cool lore stuff over seasons. And I'm just like, oh, God. Um, you know. And then if you're if you're trying to draw new fans, I don't know. I think it's a crowded marketplace. Sort of the Battle Royale. No, Battle Royale was an extraction shooter, but I sort of see them as adjacent. Oh, Escape from Tarkov. That's the other one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. You have Escape from Tarkov. You have Hunt Showdown. Like, these games aren't, like, casual sort of games. You just pick up, like, you might play a few different FPSs or even RPGs or MOBAs like Mm -hmm. you have to really dive into these games. They're very nuanced. They're very skill-based. You know, whether that's solo or teamwork, like you can spend a ton of time getting good at these games and it pays Mm -hmm. off. So my question is, if it's not for fans of the old IP, which it isn't beyond the name itself might fool some people And okay. And Bungie, Bungie already has, a sci-fi multiplayer shooter experience. A little game called Destiny 2, which everyone in the world already plays. So it's like Destiny 2 is not an extraction shooter, but there's plenty of PvP in the game, which is very popular. Mm-hmm. So I'm I get it. It's probably gonna be more fast-paced or maybe more tactical or whatever, because Destiny 2 is a little more slower and methodical for the most part, and it's PvP, but I'm just kinda wondering, like, who is this game for? It's not really for existing Bungie fans, it's not for marathon fans, and it's for extraction shooter fans. They're competing with the heavyweight, mostly Tarkov, but Hunt Showdown's pretty pretty popular.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe
0: there's another game I'm not forgetting. Not to mention the whole sort of battle royale crowd, which I sort of um, lump in with them, if only for the, I don't know if that was the cat, um, like large multiplayer loot stuff, co- sort of compete for loot resources and then sort of, okay, battle royale, we're usually escaping some sort of like poison or whatever, but sort of like drop in a big multiplayer experience, loot stuff and run away. Mm. They're not the same game, but it's like broadly kind of the same genre. No,
1: I, I totally get what you mean. And I, I kind of agree that I don't know what the market here is, but at the same time, I do think anything that Bungie puts out is going to see some level of success, even if it's difficult to identify the specific market group, right? Um, yeah. And I For I sure. also think I also think that there's, um, you mentioned Destiny here. I think it's uh, it's evident based off of Destiny and this that Bungie really wants um, like a money cow of an IP, right? Uh, something where they don't need to produce several games every year, but they just have one title that they can iterate on and it keeps bringing in money because they wanted Destiny to be this live service thing. And now they want to do this extraction shooter thing. And as you, you know, uh, lump in the battle royale crowd. If you look at all these other games within these uh, spheres you have things like Fortnite and you know all the other things you've already mentioned, uh, these are experiences as you've also pointed out where people dedicate a lot of time to one thing. Um and that means that you can, you know, keep selling the uh, stuff to this player group uh without needing to make a new game, you just keep making Stuff for the already the thing they're already dedicated to and selling that to them. The battle passes from Fortnite, and I don't, I don't know much about the extraction shooter games if they have anything equivalent to that, but I assume they do, and that's where uh, I really think Bungie no, wants. To...
0: Uh, they don't actually, but they do oh, have like enough. in-game cos. They do have like in-game cosmetics and stuff like that.
1: Fair enough, um, but yeah, I, I really think that that's what Bungie really wants here. I don't think they they're interested in making a marathon game every four years or a new destiny right. or whatever i think they just want something to sit on uh, and make right. a right no
0: it's it's fair you know i can't fault anyone you know like maybe it's the game they really want to make i hope it is because yeah. you know we might i just hope we don't run into something like arcane studios with redfall where like these guys should have never made that game mm-hmm. it, it's just apparently the devs really wanted to make one it's like okay well that's fine but it's not what you're good at it's like switching professions or something it's like <laughs> um Redfall is a total disaster and a flop and there's some behind the scenes um what do you call it journalism that apparently revealed even the team knew it and hoped uh who bought them um micro zenimax i think owns arcane but then didn't microsoft buy zenimax apparently know. they hoped even microsoft would pull the plug on the game but it didn't happen blah 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 but um i guess For me, I just see it as a missed opportunity. I am a fan, so I'm biased of the old IPs, but you know, a good single-player game is massive these days. Like, it Mm -hmm. can be well done, you know, whether we see it with games like The Witcher 3s, which is now an eight-year-old game but still talked about, um, or, you know, your God of Wars and your Horizons, your Dawns, and, you know, which now PC ports at this point, but big console games, um, you know, there's plenty of, like, superhero games, the Spider-Mans, and um, I can't think of a single player, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. Sure, it had a bad launch, but it still sold like 20 million copies or something, um you know, over time. So there's clearly a market for it. So I guess I'm just a little sad that Bungie, you know, after doing multiplayer for so long, Destiny 1, Destiny 2, like, couldn't you just make something for a single player, guys? Yeah. Um, now, that being, you can play suit Shooter solo, and it does change it up. That's honestly a pretty fun experience. Mm -hmm. I'm not against it. I'm only against that they're using the Marathon IP for this. Like, Bungie does very good gunplay. The feel of guns in weaponry they're very good with. They proved that with Halo and everything. And even Marathon is pretty solid, but they really Mm -hmm. took it like next level with Halo. And then they've refined it in Destiny and everything.
1: But I feel like the the general gaming landscape is a bit uh, adverse to um, coming up with new IPs and and prefers reusing things that already exist. Like, if you look at the, the games that have come out the past, I don't know, decade, um, a lot of the stuff that's come out has been either based off of existing IPs from other industries, has been sequels to IP that already existed in the gaming world, or has itself been something that became a long-running franchise that's still being used to this day. There's very right. little uh, betting on a one-shot, you know. Um, True. Like, you're, let's you're not make wrong. something.
0: Yeah. Right. Unless, yeah, it's like, who was I just, I was just talking with my um, buddy David, you don't know who that is, but this morning we were talking about sort of a similar idea, like, are there really any groundbreaking games? And I was thinking, well, other than like Disco Elysium, has anyone Mm. made anything like really like novel, like truly like, wow, I like have not seen anything like this before. Um, Maybe Stray tiny bit fits into that category, but not entirely. Um mm-hmm. for the most part it is you're true it is playing it safe it's the next Call of Duty it's the next Diablo it's the next God of War honestly even some of the biggest games i'm looking forward to are like the next Witcher game the next Cyberpunk game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i you know it's true i can't hate um i guess i would be less offended if they called this marathon like something marathon mm-hmm. blah 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 marathon star runner whatever some stupid name um, but the fact they called it Marathon, I'm like, they're oh, it's like a Marathon remake or, or something. It's like because mm-hmm. they do in fact have a game in their catalog called Marathon. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not on any digital platform. Maybe it's on GOG or something, but it's certainly not on Steam or Xbox, PlayStation Store, whatever. I don't think anyway. Um, so I guess it's more that I overhype myself on the announcement, but I mm. I still wish they would name it something else because, in my opinion, it invites comparison slash confusion. Mm. No matter, even if a small amount, um, you know, I wish they just called it Marathon, semi semicolon something, whatever mm. name. Um, and then it would obviously mark it as, okay, it's a Marathon universe game, but it is its own thing.
1: I um, mean, if I'm to be a bit cynical about that, I would say that the Confucian is positive for them. Because if, like, <laughs> if like, yeah, but, but like if a hundred people buy the game out of Confusion thinking it's going to be a Marathon remake, like that's a hundred sales. <laughs> and it, it's yeah i don't know it's uh, i mean
0: i'm not gonna lie even though i know it's an extraction shooter just because it's called marathon i already want to buy it right i want it in my library so i can say i own marathon in 20 whatever 23 24 darn it 25 yeah. i don't know when the game's coming out no release date but um it's true they're not wrong i still think it's a little sneaky um you know maybe it's like it'll be okay so i've done all this whining about the game um, so what now seeing as I've whined about it, I'm hoping what they'll do to, um, not that they have to satisfy me or something, but what I am hoping is that the game will come out and be so good. It will like wash away all my sort of annoyance and distaste about it and make me appreciate it. Cause I'll be like, well, God damn it. This game is just really good and I'm going to play it anyway. You know, that's what I'm hoping happens. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe they have a really cool world building, which traditionally they have even way back in. Marathon days on, you know, text terminals and blocky levels. They created pretty cool worlds. Halo mm-hmm. was pretty darn cool. Destiny's pretty cool, even though I think it gets a titch repetitive over if you play it enough. Um, so I'm hoping they do something different with with this, you know, newish marathon verse they're expanding on. Yeah, I hope yeah. they do something really cool, not like next-gen groundbreaking, but just something cool enough. I agree with what you said that um, the Bungie name and sort of pedigree will like anything they make will have some degree of success mm-hmm. i still am again vaguely skeptical again like how much of the market can they capture and retain
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know will a lot of people try this game of course they will on release probably a zillion people but how many people will keep playing this game right in comparison to other games they're already playing which again as we've said take a lot of time to get into and get good at and they already mm-hmm. have their front groups over there who's going to migrate um but i guess i don't know the target audience are they going to target you know, I doubt they're going to target the hardcore sim audience like Tarkov. I doubt they're going to go like pure casually Fortnite goofiness or something. I assume it's sort of more middle of the road, assuming, don't know. Um, very yeah, curious, I don't know. very curious what they'll do. And as you already said, um, mm-hmm. you know, the game is a big Mac heritage. So would it be cool to come to Mac? Probably not. But if it did, hey, like, thanks, two thumbs up for like remembering your original fan base. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, that would be
1: uh, cool. Yeah, in a sort of other direction, there is uh, one more uh, other game I'd like to just uh, bring attention to, because there is uh, some rumors going around that when um, revealing the AR VR headset thing, uh, which again we're we're assuming is going to happen, but technically like nothing's confirmed until Monday, of course. Um, there is uh, a lot of indication, I would say, well, some indication uh, that Beat Saber is going to be coming to the Apple VR headset. Which I don't know if you'd know about Beat Saber, but it's a fairly popular game within the VR world. This sort of like um, semi music rhythm game kind of thing, but where you're like imagine a mix between Fruit Ninja and uh, a rhythm game. I would say, okay, Uh, yeah. From what I've seen, like you're you're basically like uh, using these like um, well, Beat Sabers, like lightsaber kind of things, but uh, following the the rhythm and the beat and and smashing against these. uh, well i don't know obstacles or whatever it's coming against you right um, right in, in a uh, vr world so that's indicated that that would be coming to the apple vr headset uh, also I, th- I think they're going to put a lot of emphasis on the newly released no man's sky in a vr setting uh in particular uh-huh. due to the fact that when it, when the hello games announced the mac release uh was coming out um like not the original announcement but you know recently when they were like it's today um the, a guy named Sean from Hello Games, the founder, um, tweeted out like an emoji of a green apple, uh, something happening very soon, and then an emoji of a red apple, uh, and something more or something along those lines. And What's then, the
0: green apple for? Well, the,
1: well so the thing is, when, the, when they then actually made the press release, there was a green, emoji, a green apple emoji in the press release for it's out on Mac now. So it's the red apple emoji that's still up in the air. And I think okay, that's, okay. I think that's going to be like the, and it's on VR apples thing oh, as well.
0: Okay. But, yeah. I would, you know, I'm, I mean, do I want to spend the you know high amount of money like this early, like um, adoption sort of headset will cost? No, but do I also want to grab a game like no man's sky and play it on VR? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I, I don't think it makes sense basically for any title at all to buy something like the VR headset for just one thing. But if there's a category of or a catalog of fifty things you're interested in, then it might make sense. But if for basically no single game it would make sense to buy something yeah, as expensive I as the agree. VR headset. I
2: agree. Um, I agree. Yeah.
1: But um yeah, uh quickly moving on to something else I also want to point out because I don't think we mentioned this yet, but the crossover, uh did we already mention that on this episode? Okay, good. So uh, Crossover um, has recently released a new alpha pre-release build, um, which includes um, DirectX 12 support, uh, which, if people don't know, DirectX 12 is um, Microsoft's uh, equivalent to Apple's Metal, a graphics API for drawing graphics on the screen. Uh, and is used by Xbox and Windows. And a lot of the games out there uh, render, at least on Windows and Xbox, with DirectX. DirectX 12 is the latest one. And uh, for a long time, games based on DirectX 12 would basically not run on something like Crossover or Wine or any other translation layer because there was no feasible way of, of translating DirectX 12 on the Mac. But with Crossover's right. latest build, uh, it's now possible to uh, use... A small set of DirectX 12 features. Um, they have the upload to Resurrection. I think it's Resurrection, as I was going Yeah, Uh running on macOS now. Um, and it's running fairly smooth uh, and with no major issues, uh, as far as I've been made aware. Uh, Andy, Andrew Tsai, uh, made a video on it on his YouTube channel already. And, and yeah, it seems to be running fine for him as well. Um, it is worth noting, as I said, this is an early alpha pre-release build. Uh, it's not the version, stable version of Crossover. You can just go and download on the website, but you can sign up for the beta test program and download this alpha release. Uh, as they've also, also said in their press release about this, uh, they've tested it for Diablo 2 Resurrection, the re-release. They've not tested it for a wide variety of, of other uh, DirectX 12 games yet. And they expect for basically every single title they try, they're going to find a lot of things that exactly, they may run into problems with other games. They've not tested, the, you know, a large number of other DirectX 12 games. And they're expecting that basically for every single game they test, they're going to find things that don't work, that they're going to have to fix because, you know, DirectX 12 is a big AP, a set of APIs. Uh, and, you know, they're working at a, with a small set at a, t- at a time, getting minimal functionality working and then expanding the nature of the beast from that point onwards um but it's a very big milestone a major step uh, for the translation community being able to in the future um use crossover and wine for a way bigger uh, library of games you know some like a lot of uh, the modern games coming out are all based on direct x12 or at least have direct x12 as an option and probably also the default um like Cyberpunk, Red, That Redemption, Hogwarts Legacy, basically any game you can think of uh, that are released within the last few years. Well, it's going to be DirectX 12 or at least with an option for DirectX 12. Also, um, yeah. when um what's their names? The people who make The Witcher. What are they called? CD project Red. When they yeah. uh, released that uh, remastered update for. Um, the Witcher Three, like I forget what they called it, but they, they had some name for it, like equivalent to the final cut or the master cut or something like that. Um, it stopped uh, working on crossover like it had without flaw before that, and you needed to set a uh, a flag for the executable before you could boot it again, telling it to open with DirectX 11 or 10. I forget which one, but one probably 11, uh, because it had right. switched over to using DirectX 12 by default with improved graphics. Well, in the future. That'll also work uh, better, presumably, assuming that the uh, code weavers making crossover can iron out all the remaining issues. But again, very big step for the translation community.
0: Yeah, really interesting. Uh, most notably, as you said, because any notable, you know, big game runs on. You already mentioned a few, but it's all the Call of Duties and
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: big single-player games, Control, and all the stuff like Remedy, Alan Wake, and just all, all kinds of stuff. Pretty much anything runs on it normally mm-hmm. although yeah the backup options are like dx11 um what what interests me and again this is a technical thing that i don't know about i mean craig this is back in 2015 when transgaming was still around doing the cider thing in 2015 around june so yeah basically eight years ago yeah they announced they were bringing direct x12 functionality through their say wrapper hmm And they didn't release it, but it's like, this is their next thing. Those start porting DX12 games. I don't remember what was a big game back then that might have used it. Um, And I was like, okay, cool. Because honestly, the tech had gotten pretty darn good. The initial stuff was really bumpy and stuttery and everything, but it got really good. Also, you could just steal the wrapper and use it for other things like Skyrim or whatever. And it was perfect. Um, And then NVIDIA bought them. And Mm -hmm. they were supposed to open a new office and be not sponsored, but they were supposed to keep going. They never did. Mm-hmm. So here we are eight years later, and trans gaming, uh, sorry, um Code Weavers is like just now doing this. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm wondering in this eight year gap, like or like like what is it transgaming was able to do eight years ago that Code Weavers can like barely do now? Either Trans Trans Gaming's thing wasn't as big of a deal or it was only for a select few games that they really like um, you know, massaged and tweaked to run on DX twelve. Or was it going to be more of a broad... Maybe it's because I'm assuming it was more broad sweeping and they're just like, here's x 12 mm. Maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe it was just for select games or game even, singular.
1: I mean, it's very difficult to say, and particularly because i I'd never really heard about the trans-gaming thing in the past, like what their, their DirectX 12 plans were. Um, right. But what I will say is DirectX 12 also hasn't remained static. Like over the past many years, DirectX 12 has evolved and grown. In what it's capable of doing as well and i think at this point we're at uh, DirectX 12one feature set something 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 <laughs> so like the the actual functionality within DirectX 12 has expanded quite significantly since DirectX 12 was initially released um right. and games make games make use of more and more of these newer features available in direct x12 as well so just because That's fair, um right, right. and i'm i'm not i'm also not entirely certain at what Feature level code weavers directx twelve support will be at right, um, but this is also like in collaboration with the whole DXVK stack, uh, so DirectX to Vulkan translation, uh, that is a public open source project that you can go and find the GitHub page for and code weavers is contributing to. Um, also working tightly uh, with MoltenVK uh, to do the Vulkan to Metal translation. So we're going to first from DirectX, then to Vulkan, and then to Metal. Uh, because right. obviously Apple doesn't uh, support um, Vulkan rendering out of the box. Uh, they just support Metal. Uh, now that that might also be a factor in what uh, Transmedia solution was all about back in the day. I don't know if they did. They might have translated it to OpenGL 4.0. Two or whatever the latest supported by Apple back then was, uh, instead right. of Metal, and that solution wouldn't work on modern Macs. Given that, well, you can still use OpenGL on modern Macs, but it is basically out the window. Um, right, performance yeah. is really bad compared to Metal. Uh, you cannot. So with uh, Apple's GPUs on Apple Silicon, if you run OpenGL, it's going to run on this sort of semi-emulated state where, like, you're running the uh, GPU code natively, but the GPU hardware is doing a bunch of stuff to emulate old school GPU behavior. I say old school, traditional PC style uh, GPU behavior with uh, immediate mode rendering and stuff like that, uh, which reduces performance and stuff like that. And there's just, it, it's not the direction Apple is going with their graphics framework. Um, right. So I, again, I, I can't speak to what their solution was, but I, I doubt it is as. Uh, future looking and flexible as what uh is uh, brewing up
0: yeah, here. for sure, for sure mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, if you I look also wasn't it, yeah yeah if you look at the the Linux side of things, where you know you have proton, right, a lot of games are playable with proton. just look at something like the steam deck uh the vast majority of the library available on valve steam deck, it's running through proton, which is equivalent to crossover uh, in what it's doing, but right. there's just been a lot more effort put into making translation like that work for games on Linux, mainly by Valve. Um, Right. But that's using this DXVK backend as well to do the DirectX to Vulkan translation. And this is what Code Weavers is basing their DirectX 12 uh, oh. system on as well which means that okay. they benefit from a lot of the work Valve is putting into DXVK. They just need to do the work to put the pieces together to do the, the um, molten VK part of the tri- uh, oh. you know equation okay. where they Very interesting. take it from Vulkan back to Apple's Metal.
0: Well that's that's really interesting because I think around when the Steam Deck came out either Pre release or post release, we had a discussion about it, and I think it was came up from you, unless it was Sam, one of you two. And there was a discussion around like, will there be some sort of trickle down effect or benefit to Mac gaming via all the Steam Deck stuff and the Linux mm-hmm. thing? And of course, back then we, we couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the adoption so widespread, and most like so many Steam games, like every day is just a new major one. Mm-hmm. Um, or you see, you know, poking on Steam, you see the badge like um, mostly works or fully supported or whatever. Yep because developers are incentivized to make their games also like do that extra bit of work to make them compatible. Um, so that, that would be really interesting if that like maybe slowly, but surely that kind of domino effect, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. like eventually like hits against the edge of that Apple ecosystem. And then like, Oh, <laughs> we get a bunch of benefits, mm-hmm. you know, could, could people be incentivized to put in some to work kind of like how they do for steam decks. Mm-hmm. To make the game run on a Mac, eh, maybe oh, as many know because the Steam Deck is what it is and everything, mm-hmm. and already has it all built in Steam ecosystem and what have you. But you know, it's, you know, one can help, one can dream. In any case, it's super interesting, and I agree, even though I'm less informed on the tech side, that it is a big step forward for the for the translation wrapper emulation, whatever the word is, community, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it only you know, it's it's a huge stepping stone for for future stuff, whether it's uh, tinkering by yourself or the commercial side of it, you know, product that you buy and use and so on,
1: Um, pretty cool stuff. There's also the fact that uh, Alyssa, one of the main contributors to Asahi Linux, the project that aims to get uh, Linux working on Apple Silicon. Uh, So she's specifically been working on uh, GPU drivers for Apple Silicon uh, GPUs under Linux. Uh, But it's not entirely confirmed, at least last I checked, uh, where she's recently been hired, but she's gotten a new job, and it's very likely that it is at cro- at Code Weaver's working on Crossover. Either that, uh, or um, some have been speculating that she's been hired by Valve to work on Proton or something like that. Um, but it's it's uh-huh. definitely something within that space. Um, someone tweeted at her like uh, Valve's newest hire or something like that, and her response was not exactly. So you know, I, I, it's it's something within that space,
0: or something, yeah,
1: yeah, maybe, but but definitely something within that space of translation of uh, DirectX, Vulcan, metal, sort of thing.
0: Right, right, yeah. So basically, in summary, all signs point to maybe I don't know if you want to call it a second wave or a uh, a resurrection, if we will. We already mentioned Diablo II resurrection um you know um mac gaming resurrection mac gaming reloaded i don't know what's the right word um the potentials just there we're starting from, to see it yeah it's
1: coming from so many angles like you're getting uh, studios porting natively uh, you know doing their own in-house ports you're getting you know you still have pharaoh working on grid legends uh, so they're still in the game even though it has been radio silence for a while you have apple themselves starting to actually point out and uh, trying to foster a community around the games. You know, they made the announcements of Resident Evil and um, Grid Legends and No Man's Sky and all that, and indications are that they're going to be talking about games at WWDC as well. Uh, you have the translation world, crossover, and all the stuff happening within uh, that space and also the virtualization World with uh, parallels, keeping uh, perform with keeping up with uh, performance increases in their virtualization, and right. then you also have the emulation world that have started to massively pour uh, development efforts into making the emulators work better on Macs as well. You know, there's been um, since Apple Silicon came out, s three has seen massive improvements on the Mac for PlayStation Three emulation. Uh, Q- uh, QE, no, sorry, uh, RyuJinx is what I'm trying to say uh, has seen a Mac release and that's just been getting better and better and better uh, all the time as well. And tears of the kingdom, the latest Zelda game even runs on Mac now. Like it's a brand new release and you can run it on an Apple Silicon Mac, uh, with with very few graphical issues and good performance. Um, right. And you know, the, the whole sphere around this stuff, there's just a lot more engagement than I've seen in, in a long time from a lot of different angles.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I was, you know, again, thinking back like twenty 25 years ago or whatever, when there was sort of Mac gaming peak or mm-hmm. like highlights. And, you know, there was a lot of engagement back then. And of course I'd say it felt different. Well, of course it's a different time, but, you know, and even like the kinds of conversations you have are different because, you know, discords thing, things weren't bad in your FaceTimes and it was yeah. mostly just often like forums and email and magazines, mm-hmm. um, but it but still, even accounting for sort of the extrapolation of technology and conversations, it does feel different. There's like it's almost like a vibration in the air, there's like something mm-hmm. humming, like something substantial, like beyond like even accounting again for like the changes of technology over time, sort of conversations we have. Mm-hmm. Or the engagement you have, there's something like even beyond that happening. Almost mm-hmm. like a rebirth, if you will. That's my feeling, that's my hope. Maybe it's a combination of new hardware, maybe VR stuff. Um, but yeah, you have people like Hideo Kojima, who's a you know, may and I know him in the Mac gaming world if you just look there. But if you know anything about like DC or console gaming, it's like everyone knows who that guy is, basically. You know, he's a legend. Um, you know, so can we get people like him? Can Apple cultivate hopefully even more people like him? I mean, No Man's Sky is in itself, um, pretty notable because the game launched not going to go down the rabbit hole, No Man's Sky, but like too long didn't read the game launched to like huge disappointment and poor reviews because they over way over promised way under delivered,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: they put their head down. This guy, Sean, I forget his last name. I remember reading, you know, his name all the time back when the game came out. You know, they put in the work and made an amazing game that's now. Rated very positive, you know, huge community around it, huge success. And he's kind of become a, a, not a, um, what do you call it? Um, Like a second chance story. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't just, because so many companies put out like a game that might be disappointing. Maybe not so many, some companies. And instead of like really fixing it, they just kind of move on to the next thing. Or they say they're sorry, Mm -hmm. or they just lose money, or even they go out there. Who knows what happens to them? Something happens. But this guy, like, he took the criticism, he took the feedback, he took all the whatever. He oh, he owned up to it. He owned yep. up to his failures, his mistakes on the game, and it went all right. They put their head down, they ground it out for, like, two or three years and made the game they should have, you know, made or wanted to make in the first place that everyone expected. And then now even well beyond that, years beyond that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, dang, this guy has a love and passion for his game he may have messed up initially but you know through sheer will and respect and hopes and dreams and who knows what all sorts of factors like he's 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 pulled himself up and the company and everything to now a point of like respectability and people instead of referring to him negatively which for years it was negative like ah no man's sky and sean and blah 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 now -hmm. it's like oh yeah no man's sky like it's it's all just two thumbs up for no man's sky so it's like these like I just want to see like kind of more top dogs is the word I used earlier today on discord. Um, It doesn't have to be like call of duty or something, but like, and it doesn't even have to be a blizzard. It doesn't have to be like a major heavyweight in the space, just like more, either more notable games or figures. I just hope they kind of get sucked into the Apple orbit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even, even on, even on the edge um, would be cool. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's going to be difficult to get players like EA or Microsoft or Sony involved. Um, I think Ubisoft is is potentially possible because they have had some games with Mac releases in the past, like um, yeah. the Assassin's Creed games and stuff, or not the all Settlers, of them, but some I of them. Think,
0: and... Settlers, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: it,
0: yeah.
1: I I've, th- There's something in my mind that's just like EA, you're not getting those, at least not before the Mac has reached some sort of critical mass on the gaming front. Uh, I feel right. the same way about Microsoft, and Sony, in particular, because they are also platform competitors. Uh, I think Sony yeah. would be more willing to do something just because they're also releasing some of their uh, older games on PC these days. Uh, but even right. then, I doubt they would be that interested in supporting a, a, a different platform as well at this point. But again, if we reach right. some critical mass, they could be persuaded, right? Um, right, but but definitely, there's there's potential out there. Uh, I don't like just to also set expectations here i'm i'm being very positive and i do think there's a bright future ahead of us uh but i'm not saying like the mac is going to be as good of a gaming platform as windows is or you know an xbox or a playstation you know it, we're not even close to that point even like right. if everything goes optimally we're also not close in five years but we're gonna right. be a lot closer than we are now hopefully
0: <laughs> absolutely no i agree i agree uh quick aside yeah i also think of like all those big names ubisoft very possible from previous support funny enough uh the only ea games we used to get on mac were through trans gaming and their mm-hmm. cider yeah yep. that's when spore? they first started launching this stuff um spore and there was a bunch of the um need for speeds and yep. the uh, prince of persia remake yep. and a couple i don't know a couple other things um yeah but then of course that fell off um i agree though yeah set expectations um but yeah listeners i think you should be excited um but it don't yeah it's not gonna be like over the moon and overnight we're gonna be on par with these other guys or anything like that maybe maybe even in several years because they're also all advancing so even as we advance as like a mac gaming gaming ecosystem they're also advancing so Mm. will we catch up i don't think any damn soon but could we actually become could we actually have a conversation like a real conversation about mac gaming that's not just like a ha ha mac gaming we wish. No, like that gaming seems to be coming a reality again, at least to that point, I think Mm -hmm. we can be confident again. It's just a matter of how, how many steps does that keep going? You know, how many levels does that keep climbing? Um, that remains to be seen. But I think like as a baseline, we're like just about to like plant the flag again. Like maybe it's, maybe it's three days from now, you know, I don't know, but maybe it's this year, Mm -hmm. um, We'll have to wait and see, but it does feel like it's like just like just about to be there, like 99% loaded, like mm-hmm. loading complete almost, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it definitely
0: feels that way. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that is probably going to be a wrap for this. We'll have a whenever we can via scheduling. We'll have a post WWDC show with, of course, discussion on the real, the hard, the hard facts and whatever's revealed. All and to All the
1: games that they're announcing.
0: <laughs> yes well you know they because they used to announce big games at wwdc of course famously halo and everything but even mind that they used to show off stuff and you know they have showed off something that's been in the original sin they teased i think like grid legends and no man's sky but they'll probably show off no man's sky because it was just released mm-hmm. um but i'm hoping they'll also tease something else like another resident evil or just pick another big game, not necessarily from a major company like the Blizzards and Ubisoft and what have you, but maybe a more independent one.
1: Well, I mean, I I think this is also coming. I I think what'll happen is we'll see Beat Saber on the VR thing. We'll see No Man's Sky on the VR thing. We'll see potentially something from Hideo Kojima, whatever they might have going with with him there. Uh, We'll see, again, Grid legends. Uh, They might talk about the success of Resident Evil, and I think that'll be that, honestly. But that's still something.
0: Right, it is. Yeah, more the merrier. Like as long as each year, even even if it's a one percent increase, so hopefully it's more like a five to ten percent increase. Like gaming takes up just a little more of the time, a few more slots, a little more of the uh, the the mind space, the visual space. Um, that's a win for sure. Um, that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah, all uh, all signs point to yes or whatever the eight ball is. <laughs> uh, and we're feeling good. Hopefully, Apple's feeling good. They keep it up. Um. Don't let us down, Apple. Come on, Tim Cook. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. It seems seems to be good. So I kind of just want to go play Death Stranding now. But <laughs> um. Just. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. So thanks for listening, guys, and thanks, of course, Casper, for all your insights and commentary. Uh, we'll be back when we can, hopefully soon, in a week or two or something, with the post WWDC commentary. And yeah. Um. Well, uh, well, I'm sure me and you and many others will be tuned in Monday at the appropriate time to see what's happened and go from there. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Cheerio. Cheerio.